You're listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast, the show that celebrates the two-wheel lifestyle from pros to beginners and everything in between. Proudly brought to you by Kenda, the tire that's designed for your journey, the Huck and Ride Podcast is homegrown on two wheels. And now, here's your hosts, Jason Simpson and Lala Naharis. Huck and Ride episode million. We'll go with that. <laughs> I think like 31 or something. Yeah. We're 32. 32. After the one we just did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you don't see that one, though. No. That's that's the invisible one. Mm-hmm. That was the only us podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we're uh, our second uh, episode was with Steven and Jared. Um, Jared's not with us today. He's over in Havasu, but we got Mr. Steven Walton. Yeah, it only took us a year and a half to get back to. Yeah. You know, but we're good. That's We've had a lot of good times since then, though. We have. Yeah. A lot. Quick question. Let's hear it. How many quesadillas are post-race normal at Fontana? Probably two. Two? Two quesadillas? Yeah. Okay. Well, sometimes, like, practice is, what, 7 a.m. now? 7.30? Yeah. That's early. I got to leave the house at, like, 6. Yeah. So, sometimes, no breakfast. I'll just go cold turkey. So, then two quesadillas after the race, that's, like... It's not too shabby. Got to get caught up. Yeah, you got to get caught yeah, up. I got gotcha. you. All right. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've supported a couple of the guessadillas with running through water barefoot. I got one from that. For <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, he earned it. I like when he looked over at me and says, for reals? <laughs> <laughs> he earned it for sure. Running across the, the Lake Fontana barefoot. Mm, I got sick after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get a free quesadilla. <laughs> it was worth it. So... <laughs> Uh, oh all right, so Swalter, let's talk about everything on your plate right now, man. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, so okay, Christmas lights. You got Christmas your lights, you got your one. own business going with that. Yeah, you've yeah. been you've been installing Christmas lights for quite a few years now. Yeah, since 2016. Okay, um, helped out a couple other local guys just kind of in the off season when it's been slow, no racing. Yep. And I've been watching those guys crush it while I did all the work. And I'm like, okay, if these guys can do it, I could totally knock it out. Um, so last year, yeah, I started my own business for it, and it was rad. Yeah? Yeah, no complaints. It went way better than I expected. It's like seasonal, so it's like you're in there, you're out of there, and then wait mm-hmm. till next year, right? Yeah, and I mean, as it grows, you know, we'll try to prolong it. Yeah. So maybe start working in like September. Yeah, because a lot of the malls and stuff have lights, like not even Christmas lights, but just like the patio lights and stuff. So do you do stuff like that too? Or um, just... I'm trying to stay away from that. Okay. I'd, I'd like for it to just be seasonal. Okay. And hopefully it's big enough seasonal to where, you know, let's say when I am done racing, whenever that may be, then I still have a lot of free time throughout the year. Yeah. I don't want to be locked down to having to work every single day of my life. Yep. So that's that's the long-term goal with it. Cool. Cool. I like, I talked to him in like September, no, maybe the, I think it was the beginning of September. You're like, lols, I already got some booked for it going on. (laughs) You were like so excited, your schedule, you were already booking things out. So good good job to you. I like, and then the truck has the Christmas lights all year long. Yeah. I like the decal on it. I was going to take it off, but uh, then I realized, I was like, you know what? No, we'll just. Yeah. 
advertise year round. Yeah. Well, you don't know who takes that picture, stores it in their phone, because that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Going down the freeway, I would take the picture like, ooh, I'm going to call him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as it gets closer to Christmas. So it is. It's your free advertisement. So Cool. So you got that going. You got your KHS deal going. Yep. Racing bikes. Yeah, I re-signed with them for another two years. Okay. Um, for mainly e-bikes. Okay. So I'll be racing e-bikes, all the BMEs, a couple of GNCCs, and then still the usual downhill stuff okay. nationally. Okay. Um, so it's a pretty full schedule. Okay. And it's something a little different. I'm excited about it. Okay. Cool. And then, and then came January when your every your plate just going to be any more full, you decided to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what that is- that was a long time in the making. That we started chatting about that. I think June of last year. Um, bringing me on at Monster to run all the pedal sports for Monster Army. So for the longest time, it's just been one guy doing. Surf, ski, snowboard, skate, moto, mountain bike. Wow. BMX. That's a lot. And he was stretched thin. Oh, I'm sure. So in order to be able to do all of it just a little bit, he kind of had to half-ass some of it. Yeah. Um, so then this year, he's like, you know what? We'll bring in new department heads that can actually be attentive and like take care of the athletes better. That way, he just has to oversee it. Um, and it's cool. It's exciting. It's... uh something different something i've always wanted to do for the last couple of years well you've been a monster army athlete forever so yeah, for 10 years 2013 so you've wow. seen the struggles when you didn't get an email back when you're waiting and you're waiting because i mean i've heard the kids having the team over the years also yeah so in your head you're like i can fix this i can help i can so you being an athlete that's out there doing it and been through it yeah and been through it you see the do's and don'ts are what you would have appreciated while trying to do it, right? Yeah, it's a perspective that not really anybody else has. Right. Yeah, going through the whole entire program from start to finish. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's – I would like to be able to fix a lot of the changes, but now that I've started, I realize, you know, in the corporate world, everything moves slow. True that. <laughs> yep. So I will, I'll do what I can, but, you know, hopefully as time goes on, things get better and it runs yeah. smoother. yeah. Cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's cool what Monster gives back to the sports too, because you know it, we're all about bringing the kids up through the programs, and so however, whatever help they can get in a healthy way, it's like super helpful. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I mean it helps them. You know, you get to the races, and the goal is hopefully you get them on at a young age and grow with them through the program. And once they reach the peak age within the program. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, they're doing good at World Cups, and then you can go ahead and bump them up to energy yeah. for an actual pro contract. Yeah. Um, what's what's the uh, the max age in the Monster Army? 21. 21. Okay. 13 to 21. Cool. And so I'm beyond it. I can't get it. Sometimes there's... I'm pulling in Ws. <laughs> you still are. I see it out of Fontana, <laughs> cross country. Come on. You just did downhill and got first, okay? Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, beat a couple people. You didn't tell me that yesterday. Yeah. You want you want his you want his contract now or later? Yeah, like, I was yeah maybe when we're done here, you can. Yeah, sign okay. Him yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have a discussion. I'll little. send it to the right people. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you just said I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought once you age out of Monster Army, I didn't know there was a different level. So. Oh yeah, get the the energy level right. Yeah, and sometimes um, depending on. The amount of people that are currently on energy, you might stay in the Monster Army program past the age of 21. Okay. So, like, for myself, I was 23. Nick's still on it. He's 23. 
Charlie was 26. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Bruce was up there. Bruce was what 24. Yeah. When he stopped yeah. racing. Yeah. Um. So it's not necessarily just once you hit 21, like right. Oh, we're gonna kick you the curb. Right. Right. So. You're still on there. You just you haven't yeah. got either. You either you're not racing anymore or whatever. But then you don't go into the. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of kind of in between. In between her. <laughs> so you got the the monster army going, and then uh, you do a little trail building out at Velocity. Yeah, yeah, I am still on with the guys at Vale, and sometimes I feel bad because before I know it, three or four months has gone by and I haven't been out there. Yeah. But EC is super cool. Um, he understands that, you know, I have a good eye for trail building, so even if I can't get out there for a good portion of the year, the other six months that I am out there, you know, I'm still able to yeah, do quite a bit and be helpful. So that's super cool. Um, super laid back with the scheduling, and it's fun. Yeah. You yeah, enjoy being out there and digging in the dirt and moving rocks around and stuff? Hanging out with EC all day. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of jokes, a bunch of old-timer stories, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, and I know, like, during COVID, when there wasn't racing going on, you spent a lot of time out a there. A lot of time, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of that a lot of that growth and everything that you and EC did, like, it's paying off on the races now. So, I mean, I'm sure Tom loves the fact that there's flowy – flowy uh courses and and some good berms and things like that so yeah what's the one trail um it was built during covid it's the one you know when you're climbing the road if you went straight you know the step ups are to the right Mm -hmm. and if you go straight into the trail the one that comes down like you're at the top yeah and it's where the the one that drops or to the right and it's on the other side the one that drops you down into the little valley what's Um, that trail called that one's called magnaflow magnaflow yeah so that one got a redo that one got, got a little a full little little makeover. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Super rad. Like it 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 was good to start with. It was like, oh, this is cool. Like they made a whole new trail, ended it over here. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I just rode it for the first time with the redo. I don't know a month ago. It's it's really good. Yeah, EC got up there with the the mini X. Okay. So it went from being really good hand built to because the hand built stuff it's good. It's just not that wide. Yeah. So it's not like handicap accessible and it's a little sketchy. Yeah. You, know, you kind of go off the edge sometimes. Yeah. So now with the mini X, you're able to get in there and actually make it a good width. Yeah. And it's not too wide to where you're like, oh, this is lame. Right. It You still get the natural feel. And so he redid the whole thing with that. Yeah. And he went to town. I think he did that in like a week. Really? Top to and, bottom. And the way that, you know, it still has this pretty much the same layout but some of the corners are pushed wider or mm-hmm. you know a little bit different apex and it's like ooh, you yeah can carry your speed through it now yeah usually you get it pretty good the first time but as you ride it and it develops yeah. then you're like ah oh, yeah if this was pushed wider or it went here right so then you kind of go in a second time and that's where you right get the final result make it, make it buttery yeah and then chris magenheim yeah just came on board yeah i heard that um so he's done a lot of digging out at greer and EC wanted to get him on for the longest time. A lot of haggling, like, hey, come on out. Yeah. And well, because he has his full-time job, too, that yeah that he does. So, yeah. Yeah, and so he started coming out and digging, and you can already see a lot of the rock work that he's done on mm-hmm. the top of Magnaflow. Mm-hmm. That's his element. He loves rocks, and EC and I hate rocks. <laughs> so we were like, this works out great. You have your rocks. You do the beautiful rock work, and we'll be on the far other side. Nice. Chris likes the rocks at the – the snakes can still slide across because believe me, <laughs> I've been at Greer and there goes that snake across the top of those rocks. <laughs> oh, Both yeah. times seeing the snakes out there, 
were on the rocks. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm and those are the sections I usually have to walk because I don't have enough flow going on. Yeah. So it's kind of a, in my head, it's kind of one of those, okay, you're not stopping because there's going to be a snake. Yep. <laughs> and so. A little mental I'd, push. Yeah. yeah. Either I'll stop way before and be like, you guys are carrying my bike across. And in case you haven't been around, you need to, to ride with Lala sometime because when she gets off her bike and there's a snake. <laughs> The, you know the cartoon sound? I go back to the Flintstones, but like, you know the, the sound they, they make where they're fast and yeah, happening? That's, that's what happens. Her little legs are going and she's not really going anywhere. <laughs> and then they finally catch traction and yeah. then you hear the crashing sound. <laughs> exactly. Well, we were riding out there one time in Cole a while ago. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. And I yelled once, and I guess by Cole's meter of Walla is one, one scream, one yell, I'm, I've crashed. Two screams, snake. Then they all came. And then sure enough, they picked up the snake. They're like, they looked over and see, coach, it was a snake. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, Cole comes down and he's just picking it up. And I'm just like, no, keep it over there. Yeah, I'm good. Over, I don't want none of this. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, they're like, no, it's this. There's a friendly care. one. No, they're all evil. Yeah. <laughs> all of them are evil. Adri- Adrian Tome, wherever you're at out there, they're all evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, having uh, a bunch of different people working at Vail and like, building different trails it's cool because everyone has their own perspective yeah of a good trail yeah so you're not just getting the same style trail right yeah, this time. is what steven likes this is what ec so, yeah, likes i'll this do is- a trail that's like has my idea of flow yeah he has his idea of flow chris has his idea so then it's like each trail so is unique in its own way so what trails your baby <sighs> mm, probably uh the climb trail that goes from the jump line up to the road. Yeah? Yeah. All right. That was the when I first started working there. It was the middle of July. It was like a switchbacks at the bottom and the yeah. And EC was like, Yeah, this is what we're working on. And I don't know, I just something about climb trails to me I really enjoy. Nice. As weird as that sounds. I I can appreciate it. I'm suddenly like I, a climber. So. Yeah, I just I like a good <laughs> climb trail. And so that was a lot of work getting that one done. Uh-huh. And when we finally finished it, it was like, whoa. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah, it's cool. Because for the longest time, if you went out to Vail, you could only go up the fire yeah, road. Yeah, so it keeps people off the fire road. So this opened up a whole another route and a whole yeah. other way to, to do an, your ride. It's way more enjoyable than I've only seen road. that one part from the road up to the <coughs> right. Is that what you yeah. guys are talking You've about? You've only climbed the fire road. No, but you guys went all on the side of that. That little switchback uh-huh. area to climb to the top. That's what you guys are uh-huh. talking about? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I was talking about the lower one. But yeah, that one as well. Oh, okay. That one was a pain in the butt. Okay. The one up to Rocky Top. Yeah, yeah. That was horrible. It was all. Oh, you're talking about the one from the parking lot over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that one. Nice. But I guess they're yeah they're kind of the same. They're good. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, and that one up to Rocky Top, EC was like, oh yeah, we want to do a trail right here, and he didn't want to work on it because it was so rocky. So he's like, yeah, go right here, and then I kind of took it under my wing, and he was stoked. Cause he's like, all right, we got, Steven's going <laughs> to knock it out. I don't have to break my back moving all these rocks. And, uh, it turned out pretty good. It's a little tight in some spots, but yeah. it's, it turned out good. Well, I'm on, my old bike was the, the S six, which was like towing a semi truck up anything. <laughs> Cause it's so long. Yeah. Now my bikes are, they're only like 10 millimeters shorter, but that's a huge difference. Like, yeah. Little, like, little stuff like that. It's really noticeable. So like when I climbed it on my Sentinel out there the last time, it's like, went right up it yeah he's he's loving his transitions for sure oh yeah 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 (laughs) um good stuff okay so after the second podcast that we we've supposedly learned a lot since then but (coughs) we'll see how it goes but 
We were the, the one venture I love about you being a kid growing up in this and being around us is you buying a car. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to 16 Oh, the years CRX. Old. Were you 16? I think 17. 17? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go back to 17 because this I could still pee my pants at. <laughs> 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 Just hearing like the things you went through. Like, So for a lot of you guys, if you go listen to podcast number two, but then there's this like seeing Stephen very, if you guys ever meet him, very responsible, older soul in, in, in a younger body, like, and has always been responsible. And I mean, Jared told me he was responsible, but you actually act the responsibility <laughs> part of it, you know, um, in life in general, just like everything we're hearing right now. Cause you're how old? 23. And you have what you have figured out of what you want to do and, you don't want to work all the time. You want to be able to, you're setting yourself up for, and, and by no means, I don't want to say, I want to be rich and live on the top of the hill. You want to be able to pay your bills, still live life and have fun. And so. Enjoy life. Yeah. Enjoy life, right? A lot of adults are still trying to figure that out, okay? Um, we all are. I mean, but so you, you've got all this, but at 17, you really had life figured out with the <laughs> CRX. I don't know about figured out. Well, you I figured out what you were going to do. You figured a lot out that summer. <laughs> I learned a lot that summer. Yeah. That was for sure. Um, so being a minor and my son going to be like, hey, mom, dad, I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna drive across the U.S. I bought this car for how much? 400 bucks. 400 bucks. And uh, I'm going to go tour the East Coast from the West Coast. Yeah. And I got it. Two days before I left, yeah, um, it had three hundred and five thousand miles on it. <laughs> no AC, no interior. Like all the paneling and stuff was ripped off because this guy was trying to make it like a ricer race car or something. <laughs> so it just had the seats, no, no stereo, no speakers. Literally just gutted, bare minimum. And you thought this was a good deal for four hundred dollars, three hundred five thousand. Well, it's a Honda. Miles. It's a Honda. Those things run forever. Okay. Like, she's just getting broken in at 305. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so I went out to look at it with my dad, and we looked at, like, a Dodge, a Ford, and he was he was sketched out about it, obviously. But he was like, if you are going to get a sketchy car, get a Honda or a Toyota, because at least, you know, they're known to yeah. run Last. for a long time. Yep. And so I got that thing, and not to incriminate myself, but... Had to do some sketchy registration stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, had so to make things happen. Had to make things happen. And I remember I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be sick. And I drove it over to Jared's house. And he's checking it out. And he's like, this is a horrible idea. This is not going to make it. Because <laughs> he's getting ready to get in the, yeah, the van with, with our team. Yeah. And like sit comfortably across the country on the same drive. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't know about this. I'm like, ah, oh, it's good. And so I go to fire it up to leave, and it won't start. <laughs> and when I bought it from the guy, he's like, Just oh, getting yeah. broken in 305. He, the guy was like, oh, yeah, the starter's a little sketchy. Sometimes you got to smack it. So I'm like, okay, pop the hood, give it a little tap, fires right up. I'm like, this is perfect. I, I can know, do this every time. I could do this every time. Whatever. And, yeah, I drove that thing a very long way. Yeah. For a lot of months. Take us on that trip. Where, so a little to? car with your Bike and gear in the in the back. Going to snowshoe. First one was snowshoe. Yeah, I mean it's a Honda CRX. So if you don't know how small those are, you could look it up. Both um, both wheels off the bike to get it in there. No, only the front one. Only the front. And you got only it in the there because there are no seats in there. That thing's gutted. Yeah, so, so it was it helpful. Was like, it's I, like would a, s- I would sit here, and then the other seats here, and the handlebars were like 
on the center console. So I popped the bars off. So they were like hitting my head. And then the whole back of that thing was just loaded. Yeah. Gear bags, spare parts, wheels, water, snacks. Okay. So mind you, I didn't know you were doing this until we start <coughs> making the drive. So Jay and I text you, hey, if you need anything, let us know. Right? Super nervous. Like for you this Yeah, I think way. we we started off, we were a couple hours in front of you. I on think the, we were a day ahead of them. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, we were but, one okay. day. Oh, maybe a couple hours. Couple we ended hours. up a day ahead of you. By, by the end, we were a day ahead, but. Whew. I think you were a couple days ahead by the end of it. He he rolled in. <laughs> <laughs> so so I kept having Jer- Jared see if, see if Swalt was okay. Because we're not too far if we have to go get him. Like making sure he's okay. So. Lead us on this trail, because this is, I'm telling you, this is one of my best stories with you, because. <laughs> well, my mom didn't even know about it until I, I hit know. the road, because she would have never let that slide, <laughs> and I knew that, so I was like, uh, I kept my dad in the loop, they were split up at the time, so it was, I kind of keep stuff a little separate, and so he was in the loop, and he kind of had some faith in it, he wasn't a fan of it, but he was going to let it happen, and she would have said, no way, so I was like, okay, I'll just call her when I'm on the road. <laughs> Had and you just graduated high school? No, I hadn't graduated high school yet. Oh, okay. No, he was still in school. Okay. Yeah, I was still in school. But in, independent study, so yeah. loaded up the okay. laptop, you okay. know, it, it worked out. <laughs> um, Remember schools for fools. That was Jared. And <laughs> yeah, schools for fools. <laughs> okay, but so you yeah. should definitely stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I hit the road, and I remember going through, like, needles, and it was... This was in the middle of July, beginning of July. Yeah, beautiful. So it was like 120 out. Yeah. No AC. No AC. So I had the the windows down. They were, you know, you roll them down. The crank. The crank. <laughs> it wasn't that fancy of a car. It was 89. Um, windows are down, and then it starts raining while it's 120 yeah. out. Yeah. But I can't roll the windows up because it's hot. So then I just got rained on to at least get some fresh air. It's all muggy. And... <laughs> I think Texas. I think yeah, it was Texas. I made it to Texas and um at a gas station. They like started bogging out. And so I got off the road and kind of like rolled to this gas station and then it just shut off and it wouldn't start. I'm like, "Oh. This is this is really bad." And at least you're at a gas station. At least I was at a gas station. So I called, got a tow truck cuz it was like the alternator or something. And he told me... It wasn't tapping on the starter again. Yeah, I was beating the shit out of that thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't working. And so I got it towed back. It was like a 100-mile tow back to Amarillo. Whew. And he dropped me off at O'Reilly Auto Parts. And they didn't have an alternator, but they had a battery. And the battery was dead. So I was like, okay. They put a battery in there. And then I drove... Because it fired up with the good battery. Well, yeah. The alternator is yeah. going to drain it uh, yeah. with the lights and everything, but go on. So I fired it up and drove it like five minutes to AutoZone because they had one in stock. Yeah. And so then I changed the alternator in the parking lot of the AutoZone with Crescent Wrench. Use their tools? I tried to use their tools, but they would only give me one socket at a time. Oh, Not come the whole on. set. And so I was trying to like eyeball this thing and I'd be like, yeah, give me a 15. Then you give me a 15. It wouldn't fit. So I'd go back in. I was like, yeah, give me this. And that didn't fit. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to use this crescent wrench. And put that on. She was good to go. Good as new. There you go. And I carried back on my way. And I made it, I think I left Tuesday. And I made it to West Virginia Thursday. 
by yeah. myself. Yeah. I remember being at the top and you roll in and all of us are clapping. <laughs> oh, everybody, even outside the team, every single person that knew what was going oh, on yeah. was like, yeah. it rolled in. He's really like, here. Jared's like, he's close. He's close. And then when you rolled in, we're all clapping. I'm like, how? Mm-hmm. Well, but this wasn't the end of your journey. <laughs> no, that was just the beginning. And even driving that far, there was no cruise control. So my leg oh, yeah. was so tired. Yeah. And then you had to go pedal your bike. Yeah. Well, I got smoked that weekend. <laughs> I was beat. I remember getting there on Thursday and I had some food and then just passed out for like 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing your own thing. You were, you kind of, you had a common saw. Yeah. I was on common saw, just kind of like my own little yeah. privateer program. Yeah. It wasn't much, but it worked so, for the time being. So like it, you didn't have like race support. You were, no. you were just on your own. No race support and balling on a yeah. very, very small budget. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> then, okay, so on that one. Wait, on so at, that was at Snowshoe, right? Yeah. Yeah, for national champs. Is that where Juice rolled in with his truck with no. No, that like, was no. that was in Killington. Same trip. Okay. <laughs> that was Different race, though. <laughs> Juice rolling in the truck. I mean, you had your CRX and then Juice had his truck. I love Juice. I miss that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,. But, yeah, so we did Snowshoe, and I got, I think, third. Nick won, and uh, David Kahn was second, okay. I believe. And then from there, where did we go? Uh, we went over to – I think it was MSA. No, we didn't go to – was that the trip that we went to? Because I did that trip. I did Snowshoe, MSA, Wyndham, Killington. Yeah. And I stopped at a bunch of bike parks. Yeah. I don't remember the order, but I just yeah. remember. Yeah. yeah. It was Snowshoe was first, and then we went to MSA, yeah. and then came down to. Ki- uh, what was it in New York? Wyndham. Yeah. And the MSA yeah. drive was sketchy. Yeah. Because at this point, so on the drive out after Texas, I realized that the car was burning a lot of oil. <laughs> we left that part out. Yeah. So each time I would fill it up, I would have to put in like a quart of oil. <laughs> So I would, you know, start filling it up and I'd go inside, get a quart of oil. Every single gas station just, and it was, it was like a two stroke. It was like, I was yeah, basically just mixing. burning. Yeah. <laughs> but I was also getting uh, 50 to 52 miles to the gallon. Can't beat that. Like thing was, it was gutted. So it had no extra weight. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was running like really good. Yeah. I was blown away. Um, a little muggy inside, but you're Super good. muggy. <laughs> But, you know, like, eh, it, it worked out. And so driving to MSA, I was like, well, this is the French side of Canada. So everybody's mean. And I don't understand the words on the signs. So I, like, stocked up on oil for that trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two, like, big five-quart jugs, put them in the back seat. And Zach Faulkner from Vital, yeah, <laughs> he has a bunch of pictures of it with, like, all the the empty oil jugs and, like, the empty water jugs and just this disaster of a car. But, so, yeah, we went up to Canada, and that was – I don't think I qualified at that one. I think I was, like, just outside. I missed it by one spot. Yeah. Um, but I was with Schroeder, Tanner Stevens. Mm-hmm. I think Dakota was still privateering at the time. Yeah. On his Morpheus team. Yeah. Yeah, because he needed tires. Remember, he came and was like, lol. You're like, like <laughs> <Yeah>. lol. <laughs> Jay, I need tires. <laughs> yep. Um and then from there, I think there was an off weekend. 
Yeah, that's when you guys rode Highland. You guys went, like. So I went. Yeah, I went to Highland Bike Park. Yep. Um, and I didn't have money for a lift ticket, and I was supposed to get a check, like that week. So I think we got to Highland Tuesday, and then I just kind of hung out in the parking lot because they allowed camping at the time. Set up a hammock. Was just kind of hanging out, and I'm like, well, whenever this check comes in. Then I'll go get a lift ticket and I could ride and like go to the next race. And I had like, it was like 47 bucks or something in the checking account. That was all I had. And where's, <laughs> where's Highland? Was that like Vermont or? It's, New it's Hampshire, upstate New York. New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in New Hampshire with $47 <laughs> in this piece of crap little car camping in a I don't hammock. know why you didn't tell your mom about this. I mean, it's yeah, a great no, idea. Yeah, of course. Um, but it worked out. I got the check. Rode Highland with Sean Leader, Angelina Palermo, and Frida Roning. Yeah. Yep. Had a great weekend, and then we went from there to Wyndham for the the next national. Yeah. And then that was good. I think I was first in qualifying, and then crashed in finals and finished second or something. So that was a bummer. But I was going fast that year. And then was it Killington after that? No, I don't no. think the U.S. Killington Open was that year. No. Not it there. No. It was a national, though. Maybe. But Maybe. I think it was before. We went from we went from Mount St. Anne mm-hmm. because cause then we had to go to Vermont, and then you did Island. And yeah. Then you hit bike parks coming back. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, Killington was good. That was when Juice rolled up in his truck. Yeah. <laughs> revving it with his big six-inch pipe that he was stoked on. <laughs> um. And I oh, I had man. a good result there. I, I think. remember that. That's juice, Lala. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I won that that race at Killington, and I think my time was like second or third in pro. And Jared beat me. That's where that picture of him. Oh, that's the, right. The money the, sticking the, his tongue out. Your first his first paid um his first his first paid gig. Remember, he was like, I'm like, I'll whoever wins. Yep. I'll give the money to, and he's like smiling. Yeah, yeah. but I'm frowning right next. <laughs> to yeah, him. You were yeah, because like, yes. you. You're waiting for your check to roll in. Yeah. You yeah. needed that money. <laughs> I'm here with 47 bucks, lols. I need some more money. Oh, that's funny. I've bought you a few dinners on the way. Mm. We're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then drove back from that trip with Austin Hackett Club. Yeah. And he was in his uh, manual shift Ford Ranger. Same thing. I had like 200,000 miles or something. And we were going through, I think, Pennsylvania, like in the middle of the night. And I had a blowout in the CRX is a front tire, drive tire. Woo. So I was just, you know, driving. He was like a couple miles ahead of me. I'm listening to music in my headphones with a Slurpee <laughs> or something, like just one hand, like cruising. And just poof, went off onto the shoulder, like into the weeds and stuff, park it. And I call him. I'm like, hey, man, had a blowout. So he just reversed on the shoulder all the way up to me. <laughs> and the spare tire for for this car was like – you flipped up the back floor mat and it was yeah. underneath. So I had to unload the whole car yep. to get this tire but out. Thank God it was gutted though. I mean, just your bike and your gear and all your stuff. Yeah. We're yeah. Good. So I just made a big pile of stuff on the side of the road. He came back, we changed it. And that was my, my last spare. And I was in Pennsylvania. Was it one of those little donut ones too? Or was it a like, real spare? Like not a full size? No, it was a real one. Oh, okay. Sweet. Before I went on the trip, I went to the junkyard and got tires 
because a lot of times, like at the junkyard, <laughs> somebody will get new tires and then they'll get like T-boned in the intersection. But it still has brand new tires, but yeah. the car's totaled. Yeah. So I went and got some good looking tires and I got a full size spare. <laughs> and it was like 30 bucks for five tires or something with the wheels. And, but that was in Pennsylvania that I used my <laughs> spare. So then I had to go the rest of the way. And in Mesquite, it yep. started like you could see that the tread was separating from the tire. Woo. And it like was like thud, 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 as I was driving. And I'm like, well, shoot, I'm in Mesquite. This is only three and a half, four hours from home. I can make it. I can make it. So I just went like 50 miles an hour the last three and a half hours of this drive. And my dad was super nervous. He was like, let me know if anything happens. Everybody was like, because I was posting about this the whole trip. Yeah. So everybody was like, oh, I'm here. I'm there. Like, let me know if you need anything. And made it back. And I remember just pulling in onto the cul-de-sac. And right when I was about to go into the driveway, the car died. And so I just coasted into the driveway and put it in park. I didn't even unpack it for like a week and a half. And your mom's already waiting to kill you anyways. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, that was that was quite the trip. How I many miles? I put just shy of twenty thousand miles on that car from July to September. And you sold it for? Uh sixteen hundred bucks. <laughs> Quadrupled your your Yeah. Yeah. And I figured out that it was never the starter. That was never the problem. The ignition, like the wires that go up to where you put the key in. Yeah. Um it had like a six inch section that was wired with speaker wire. Or it like looked like speaker wire. Yeah. It was not the right wire. Right. So it shorted out. It was, I guess it was shortened out or like it couldn't pull the amperage or I don't know. Yeah. And so I just cut that out and put like an actual 14 gauge wire. Yeah. And it was like a brand new car. It fired up perfectly every single time. Just getting broken. Yeah. So if I would have known that before the trip, then it would have saved well, me a that lot would, of hassle. Well, that would have required you to buy it more than two days before your trip. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 305000 to three twenty five. Pretty impressed. And turn a profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he texted me a couple days later and said the motor blew. <laughs> but I was like, he didn't test drive it or nothing. And I was like, I was very upfront about it. I was like, dude, this thing has 325,000 miles. Yeah. I just drove it across, across the, the country <laughs> up into Canada, back down. And I knew, like, I babied it when I drove it. Yeah. Because it's an old car. Yeah. So I kept it under, like, 4,000, you know. Yeah. Or if there's a big hill, I would floor it on the down. Right, right. Get the momentum. Yeah. But because if you went over 4,000, then like white smoke would start coming out of the exhaust. So I just kept it. Burning oil. Yeah. So I just kept it low. And <laughs> he rolled up with his buddies in like this blacked out Prius with a spoiler on the back. <laughs> I think they were going to make it like a race car or something. <laughs> the Prius and, wasn't cutting it. Yeah, I guess not. And so he was like, he rolled up. He's like, yeah, it looks good. I fired it up for him. He's like, awesome. Didn't test drive it. Nothing. Gave me the cash. Signed it over to him. And. He backed out and just, like, revved the shit out of it. Well, there you go. And I was like, this thing's not going to last. You're like, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he was pretty upset. And I'm like, I don't know what you want me to, to do about it. Like, he bought, of course it's going to blow up. A car with 325,000 miles on it that is gutted. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Did it to himself. <laughs> no different uh, than you buying it and i'm gonna go for a trip across the u.s we're good yeah, yeah and I, when i bought it from that guy originally i asked him i was like you think it would make it across the country and he was like ah i probably wouldn't do it <laughs> at so least he, he was honest he with was him. very honest yeah like, this thing's right? sketchy and i'm like well okay and i so I, any problems I, that you had you accepted yeah. the responsibility and i test drove it when i bought it yeah and i felt it and i was like yeah this old girl 
She still has some fight in her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so. On that note, let's go to a commercial break. <laughs> you got and it. And we'll be back in a minute. The T3 Mountain Bike Program is your place for SoCal Gravity Racing. T3 is sponsored by Shimano, ODI, Laser, Kenda, Cushcore, Fast House, Transition, Muckoff, Magic SC, GoPro, Museum, and Rhino Power. You can get all these products and more at Roy Cyclery, located in Upland, California. All right, welcome back from our commercial. Thank you, sponsors. Uh, Kroger, Walmart. Yeah. Nike. Huck and Ride 30 <laughs> is the code for Kenda. Go on Kenda and use the, the code to uh, get your Kenda tires. Shout out, Roger. Yeah. Uh, Heck yeah. Love Roger. Yeah. So, all right. So we made it back in CRX. Made it yep. back home. Made it back home. Sold it. Profited. Yeah. That a boy. Yep. That's how we do it. So in all your experiences, so you had lots of uh, <laughs> racing experience since then. You've been to some World Cups. You've done quite a bit yeah. of traveling. Quite a bit. Done, done the, uh, the national stuff. What's your favorite racetrack that you've ever raced? Favorite racetrack? Race track or just all together race? No, just just your fa- your favorite track that you've. What course do you? Yeah, what's like? your, what's I your would f- say Winrock. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's built really good. It's there's nothing janky on it. You don't okay. have to worry about clipping a pedal or going five miles an hour across a billy goat trail. Yeah, it's just like has good good speed. And good speed. You as can long go as fast. it's not peanut butter, you're golden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one year where it was not cool, but other than that, it's. That's my favorite one. Okay. Cool jumps. The rocks aren't crazy technical, but they're yeah. they're there. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's the type of track where you're, like, excited to do another practice lap. Right. So you're not like, ah, I have to go do another one. Hopefully I don't crash. That one, you're just like, yeah, lap it with the boys. Have fun. Yeah. Okay. We were just talking in the uh, the commercial break about EC, Rod Up EC. So mm-hmm. all of us are, are good friends. That's Eric Carter yeah. for those of you guys who don't we're, know. We're all good friends with, with EC, and he's got a whole lifetime of stories. Yeah. So, like, and he remembers them all. That's the best part. He's like, I, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't remember stuff. But I think he tells them enough to remember them, and I'm sure it changes maybe a little bit as you go. He probably embellishes it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I I mean, don't think it's that he remembers all of them. There's just so many that he remembers a lot yeah and we're like wow he's got a bunch of stories but that's just like 10 percent. yeah and he was under the wing of of hollywood oh my gosh oh my gosh that's right mr mike miranda so so what's the best advice ec's ever given you (laughs) relating to bikes relating let's let's keep it okay because i because he gave me some some advice and I'll, I'll just go with mine So while you think about yours. So the best advice he ever gave me, he was like, Jay, I remember because he was racing World Cups when doing downhill when the sport really changed from racing XC bikes with the seat dropped to a specific, you know, downhill specific bike. Courses started changing, right? Because they went from fire roads to actually going like through like built single tracks. Actual trails. Yeah, it's specific for downhilling. Mm-hmm. So... And he said, during that change, there was a lot of um, him being old school and coming from BMX. Like, he was scared. Like, because, like, you're having to ride scary stuff. You know, it's stuff that they hadn't done before. 
And he remembers watching him practice, like people just blast a section and he's going, that risk, you know, like to blast this every single time. And he, I remember him looking at me, he goes, dude, you don't have to blast it every time. If you know what you can do, like, you know, when you get to the, to a certain, I don't know if it's maturity level and you're riding, maybe, mm-hmm. you know what you can and can't do. You definitely weigh the options. You weigh the options. And he would, he said, there were certain points where he would only do that section in his race run. And I was like, like, seriously, like you're at that level and you only did it in your race run. He goes, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> worth it. Yep. He goes, cause I was watching these kids come through there and barely hanging on or catastrophic failure. And he's going, no, I know what I can do in the race run, you know? And so anyhow, best advice he ever gave me about riding was like, you don't have to blast it every time in practice. No, you just have to, you just have to know what you can do in the race. My, so. my practice is like chill, pretty chill. Yeah. I think we talked about that on the, on the first podcast that you were on yeah. because yeah, my, you and I have had some good times in New Jersey. Oh yeah. We've had a lot right? of good times so, in New Jersey. So, I mean, when you were a junior on the Palmer project, my favorite story of Steven is him strolling out practice had already been going. <laughs> He's got his breakfast sandwich. He sits down in the pits. I'm just like, probably not even kidded yet. No. And I'm just like. <laughs> You good? He goes, I'm good. The practice is going, yep. <laughs> he went out and did his one practice run before the race. And he was good. Yeah, was, I, think, I think I got second. Yeah. I remember I mean, he was solid. He, he knew, kind of to my point, he knew what he's capable of and what he needed to do. Well, he's not going out there just bombing. We know you're fa- Just like I try to explain to the kids, we know you're fast top to bottom. Or you wouldn't be here, right? Mm-hmm. We know you're fast. What are you working on? And second, like, and then you actually taught Thomas that weekend. I know that was a different one that you different, were Different, but yeah, I've been to New had, Jersey a bunch with Swalto. The one time I was there, I'm like, you did three runs. Mm-hmm. You're like, and then here, Thomas just wants to go up and down, up and down, because he's on his bike, right? Like the kid in him, right? Yeah, he did like 12 or something. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I'm like, how many did Swalto do? <laughs> you know, and you try to teach him, because then he's tired, right? Like your body's fatigued, you're tired. And so I learned that about you. That's when I did New Jersey is like, yeah. wow. And then and I think great. one of the other trips that we went to New Jersey before I'd lost the weight, Swalto's favorite picture of me. Him sprawled I'm out. just laid out in the KHS tent. Just, On the rubber flooring. Just, <laughs> just laying out, just chilling, just enjoying the moment. Is that the weekend that he had like the, um, what, when the speed trap time? No, no, this uh, was, this was long after that. This was just There's a few. There's been a lot of times in New Jersey. Yeah, this was this was uh, 2019. 2019 with Drake. Drake Barron and I flew there, and he took he took our our stuff for us. Oh, okay. So we were kind of hanging out with with mm-hmm. Swalto all weekend, but yeah, I was, whew, I was tired. I was a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, back to to your original question. I would say EC's his number one advice to me was like always. Just focus on yourself mm-hmm. and have fun with it. Because if you're not having fun with it, then what's the point? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get wound up with like the next result or trying to get this sponsorship and that, and you're not actually focused on like enjoying that you're at this cool place, surrounded by cool people, and like and riding a bike and riding wow. a bike. That's, yeah, that's good advice. And, and so I took that and I was like, yeah, I'll just start having fun. Every I think you, I think a couple of years, I won't say, right <clears throat> before COVID, 
I remember watching you and you're so stressed out. You're trying to, like I said, you've always been an adult at a young age. Mm-hmm. I remember you'd come in the pit. You've always come into our pits. <laughs> Even though he's always been on some other team or it's always been our pits. He's, he's always has a home with us. He, yeah. you know, he can come and hang out with us. If we have a party needs, it's always worked that way. And he's helped our kids out there. Why we didn't, why we weren't Absolutely. there, whatever. But, um, I remember, I remember t- to this day, you walking in with that face of just defeat. Mm-hmm. You weren't having fun on your bike anymore. It became a job or a tour, a chore. Call it politics, call it drama, call life happens, just everything. You know, you're, you're paying for your rent at a young age, you know, and then the whole CRV, you know, like <laughs> our CRX, whatever. The thing is, is you always push through. And I remember seeing you about three weeks later and you were smiling again and you're like, Lala, I'm just going to have fun on my bike. Whatever happens from that, whether I'm on the podium, off the podium, I'm, I'm going to show up and just have fun on my bike. And what a difference mentally. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that, like you can be great on the bike. Mental is, I I would say over half of riding your bike because Riding your bike is, is the handling skills, but when you're mentally ready for it, you can do it. So I know the mental is over half of it. But your flip, and, and Jay and all of them were up at the top of the hill because you had come down from your race run, and you were smiling. I go, how'd you do? You're like, I had fun on my bike. <laughs> that, was your, that was your answer to me, and it was in that three-week period, you figured something out. And it might have been that advice. It might have been, but that whole thing is, and, and since then, you are that. You're that... No, you're in flip flops. If you guys are seeing the YouTube right now, we're on oh, <laughs> we're on the feet for only fans right now. Dogs are out. Dogs are out. Um, <laughs> but you're always in sandals, relax and enjoying yourself and then and where you're at. You, I know I'm wound tight, and I know I don't. My brain doesn't shut off, but you enjoy the moment. This. Yeah, you're taking in the moment. You're in the moment, right? You're in mm-hmm. the now. I admire that from you a lot. EC's. EC uh, has some good advice that that's totally because he probably seen the same thing because I know he admires you a lot, you know. Well, you look at EC and he's always in flip-flops. He's very similar. Like, yeah, just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Right. Exactly. His his advice to me was in uh, Whistler one year. Oof. Yeah, when he went up there <laughs> and he was training different parts of the team, following behind me and he keeps yelling, stand up. We get and to mid mountain. <laughs> she was. Jay's like she is standing. So his next piece of advice. Uh, this. Let off he goes, the brakes. Okay, so since you're standing, just do this. Let off the brakes. And he puts up his fingers just to let off the brakes. I'm like, now you're just talking foolish. <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna help me learn to ride, yep. be a better rider. He's like, you're not a ride. You just gotta trust the speed. I'm like, he goes, let off the brakes. I'm like, well. You could go on to the train the next ones because yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. He was supposed to be with like me for like two hours. I'm like, we're good. You can move on because <laughs> yeah. I like the breaks. Going through, going through. Uh, what's my favorite trail there? Uh, Karate Monkey. Mm-hmm. I like my breaks. I make it through, but I make it through at my pace. <laughs> <laughs> good times. Yeah. So I mean, but honestly, that's I think, in these past few years, that's where I've seen a whole different heart that you have like why did you want to go to monster army to do that because you see what it is and what that's your heart of it so i dig it i totally i look up to you and i i admire you for that because you are always smiling so you're someone that can lead that next group jay and i are always about 
you know, even bike shops or the teams. It's like, that's your tomorrow. That kid who doesn't have a sponsor today, that's his, that's your tomorrow money for the shop, you know, whether I'm at work or whatever. That's that's what leads us to keep the sport going, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you look at, which is huge. So, yeah. Well, and it's easy to, like, when you're racing, you want that quick mm-hmm. satisfaction. Everything's short-lived. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you just kind of do it season by season. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, my gosh, I had a bad result this weekend. I have to have a good one next weekend. And it's like, that's only a week difference. Like, what's no. – you can't expect big changes so quick. And so I realized that, like, you can have a bad season, and in the grand scheme of things, it's still so short yeah. of the overall aspect. And, like, so now if I have a bad season, it's like, eh, yeah. there's going to be another one. Right. And then after that, there's going to be another one. Yeah. Well, when we always talk about athletes when they're done racing, <clears throat> like, did you do your career right that you could be a great advocate for companies? Because – Let's face it. There's some there's some writers out there that's no longer racing, mm-hmm. but you can be a great ambassador for certain companies and still get paid. You don't have to be on the podium. You don't have to be between the tape, but you did well. Like you were bring value, bring yeah. value, a genuine person, real, like loving, passionate. And I think you have the. I know you have all that in mm-hmm. you and what you do. Like the kids get excited that first of all, some of the new kids coming on and here this pro comes under our tent, like you know, and he, you're. Giving JR strolling in in his flip flops, eating a quesadilla. Right, but get, <laughs> <laughs> middle but then, of practice. But then you talk to them like you're not. You're so humble because I mean you've been there, you've done that, you know what it takes. I mean I I know the kids on the team are like, and Stevens in our pit, like you know what I mean. They're like, of course it was like who was Swalto because you know what that name, and so it's funny because like they're like I can call him my friend, like oh yeah I know him. Mm-hmm. So it, it's cool because you give off that vibe. That anybody would be foolish not to have you represent them when you are done racing. Yeah. yeah. Because you've always been, I've seen right. you set up pits, represent. I, I've seen you do the manager that, then the coaching that Jay and I do, do that manager job, and then go race your bike. I'm like, whoa, if he can only not do all that. And and drive across the country <laughs> before that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, my hat's off to you on all that because I know what it takes, the logistics on our end. So, my hat's off to you yeah. on that. <laughs> so I want to pick your brain a little bit about some racing stuff. Well, let's hear it. All right. So Uh-oh. how difficult is it, just to, to put it in perspective, because I've never done it as a racer, how difficult is it to travel to Europe and try to qualify for a World Cup? There's a lot that goes into it. Right. Like just the logistics alone is – like it can Ast- wipe you out before you even start the trip, right? Yeah, and I think that for the longest time was my biggest problem racing in Europe is like just getting to the race mm-hmm. was like, whew, I actually yeah. made it to the race. Right. Because you're tens of thousands of dollars in and like I'm not right rich by any means, so this is an astronomical amount of money. And I'm so like I would always be stressed about rental car, Airbnb, like getting everything figured out. I can't speak any of the languages, so I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of just there by yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that would always kind of cloud the real reason of why I was there mm-hmm. was to race. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it was like unlocking that World Cup speed. I was never really able to do mm-hmm. because I was just so stoked to actually like get there. Just, yeah. 
because yeah. getting there in itself is like right it's a huge crazy yeah. yeah yeah and it's so easy for everybody on pink bike to be like oh they suck they're not good and it's like well let's say i didn't qualify then you look at the times and you're like oh he was only four and a half seconds off of winning the whole race right if you were to watch me go by yeah versus troy brosnan in a section right, right. if it's like at leaguing if yeah. it's a four and a half second spread yeah it'd be identical right so like nobody yeah. at a world cup is going slow um and it's that's another thing is like everybody's so talented yeah um that when you get to the world cup level even if you don't qualify you're still so an, an incredible athlete so it's really hard to to jump in like doing what what you or most americans honestly have to do mm-hmm. to get to a world cup it's hard to jump in and try to qualify with these guys who do it week to week or race to race right because i mean because they have the support they have the so and they have they have actual races to do in europe right so like you gotta do an ixs cup and right. there's 250 guys right there's actual qualifying it's on an actual gnarly track and then you come to america and there's, we're on a pretty this tame is, track. This there's, is leading. This is leading to my next series of questioning. There's 35 guys. Uh-huh. There's no qualifying, and so you grow up with seating and oh yeah, I'm gonna be there for finals. Like mm-hmm. no big deal, Fal- whatever. False expectations. False expectations. Right? And okay. then you show up to Europe and you're like, there's 250 guys in my class, mm-hmm. and it's raining sideways. Yeah. And the track's like inverted, and I have to be top sixty. Yeah. To actually have a result that proves I was in Europe this weekend. Yeah. And it's like you've never had to deal with that at any point. Yeah. Until then. Yeah. And so I think that's like a big flaw with all the young Europe racers that are coming up versus all the American racers. Mm-hmm. Is Europe's way better suited to pump out mm-hmm. good athletes. So do you think? Okay, so here here I am going on my thing because I've I've done this a bunch now. Mm-hmm. I'm so over USA Cycling, and I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, I'm not either, um, because they're falling so short, and it, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. Yeah, like it's getting worse. They but just, wait a minute. But wait a minute. What? Uh, on that. Okay. Let's talk on the downhill and enduro side of it because well, that's if what you're I'm saying. XC and no, that's you're, all. That's all ooh, I can speak from. Amazing, right? No, that's like, all I can speak yeah. from is because okay. we're. We're downhillers, and yeah. we're we're talking here, and it's like they just released the national calendar last weekend, right? Friday, and it's not even a calendar, and it's not a calendar. It's three <laughs> events and on the one, East Coast. One of them is U.S. Open. One of them is U.S. Open, and they're all on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. From the podiums, from the just across the board, not just the pro class. So if you look at the podiums at those races, how many? What percentage do you think are going to be from the West Coast? <coughs> And we'll just say the expert, because the, the experts and pros are the ones that tend to travel through the races. I'm just going to go, I bet you 50% of the podium is West Coast racers. That I means, agree with that. That means that many people are spending that much money to go to the events because but, but that's what, all what do they care? It's not their money. Yeah. Just like when they back-to-back one where you're, you're in Vermont, and then, oh, now you're in Utah. Yeah. Oh, go back to... Go back so, to a snowshoe yeah. or go up to, ma- you know what I mean? It's yeah. like they don't plan things out. They've had from last yeah. year. I mean, how many times have I battled with, you've been so, there when I've had a, Swalto, putting can, you in a pro class when you're a junior yeah. because they couldn't get the fucking categories. Right? Excuse my language. <laughs> but, what, what do we do to fix this? 
Because I don't want to be a gang. Like, I don't want to be like, I want to. It's it's real easy to just point a finger and be like, right. oh, they suck, they're horrible, and then do nothing about right. it. Well, but there's been there's been meetings. They've, I mean, Jill Kittner tried to be an advocate for it, and look what happened to that. Like, right. you know, people have tried. And I've heard that pr- promoters aren't getting along with them, and so I mean, there's obviously series that aren't part of the national calendar anymore for for reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Northwest Cup, can't blame them, right? Because they have they have their crowds going to their races, like. So is it more beneficial to go do that series? Not if you're trying to get, you know. Not if well, you want to petition to be at a USA. Right. Not to be in the World Cup. Because right. you, they, unfortunately, the guy in charge of that, or the lady in charge of that, looks at that to be able to put you over there. Mm, well, even you used to be able to race nationals and get UCI points right. to go yeah. to World Cups. Yeah. But now if you win a national, you're still – not even remotely close. I don't even think you're 25% of the way there. Nope. Right. So I think a lot of the promoters in the country look at it and go, what is the benefit of making it an actual national race? Right. Which costs more, but here, way more money, way more money to thousands have, of dollars. Right. Right. And so it's like USA cycling is just bleeding the promoters dry mm-hmm. and there isn't really any benefit to the athletes. Mm-hmm. And so for the promoters, like, Eastern States Cup, Northwest Cup. Northwest Cup is still with USA Cycling in a sense. You have to have a license and whatnot, but it's not a national event. Right. It's just for their... Eastern States Cup was like, we don't want any part of that. So we're just, we're going to do our own thing and that's that. Yeah. And I think it's going to take somebody, I guess, taking over licensing or ownership of the national series Mm. and still having USA Cycling on board. Mm Mm-hmm for points or like officials and whatnot, but not doing any of the marketing, yeah. scheduling, yeah. or any of the dirty work. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you put it put it in a parents or team perspective, like, okay, we got to plan all this. You got to, you know, like, you can't even plan some of your races because you don't know what's going on. Well, it's March. Right. right. Most people already have their whole year planned out by now. Right. right. USC Cycling is like, oh, well, here we go. Yeah, yeah this is Yeah, two it. weeks, be in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And they... To them, they're like, well, nobody's complained to us, so no, but how I think, is this a right. problem? And it's nobody's complained because everyone's given up at this point. No, but I, there's a lot of people we know that's complained. Jay, Jay has sent an email. No response. I sent an email. I just got a quick copy and paste. I sent it to one person, and I got a computer response from somewhere else. Yeah. Right, exactly. And that's yeah. – so it, it's, you know, like we had talked at one point. I'm like, maybe – because remember, I mean, I was in on all the rules when you guys were all juniors and what needs to go on, and – Joe Blow over here is then talking to the categories that they just raced over here. And if you, they would have put you that way, you wouldn't have got those points. Remember? And it's like, yep. someone go get Lala, you know, like, and at that point I'm like, okay, do I go try to help to, to funnel this and actually be on top? But that's what happens when you have volunteers, right? Not all volunteers care to do the whole job of it, you know, yeah. or USA cycling, the one that's the ones that are getting paid. Cause I've talked to a lot of the volunteers I don't want to say they shit on, but they're they're not communicative or they're not willing to change to what the people are volunteering, who's actually caring, mm-hmm. who's at the races, at the events, hearing us. They go back. Well, these people are getting paid, right? There's yep. people getting paid in USA. The, the, your license, what, what's the fee now? I mean, all the kids are signed up. What's the fee? Two, 260 bucks. And then if you have to add the UCI, it's another what? No, that's that's, that's the UCI, UCI one. I think, I think, I think, like I think mine is like 100 bucks. Okay. For okay, the, 100, for the domestic and one. then okay. Yeah. So that money's going somewhere. It's fun. It's funding somebody's salary, right? Then you have all these other 
volunteers, if it's not your job or it's your job, but you can do it whenever an email can go unresponsive for how long yeah. trying to get your category situated. Your it's simple. If that's your job, do it. And I, I'd be willing to do that, yeah. but you have to be willing to allow your volunteers to do the changes that need. To, and that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, heavens forbid, you know, just at that race in New Mexico, they were going to put you in a pro category. And then they're like, oh, but, but then when you go to Vermont, you have to stay in a pro. You can't jump back down. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm hoping. Yeah. Like, it's you like, can't do it's this. like it needs to be the same. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a junior. I'm not a pro. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's just, you know, the right not talking to the left. And then the center is, is popping. Yeah, a lot of inconsistency. Yeah. Wow. Imagine that, right? Yep. So I think that is You know what they say? Left, left not talking to right not. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I think the only way to get it back on track is for somebody to come in completely take it away. Yeah. yeah, where's that money? You know. Well, that's the thing. Then that person is going to have to find sponsorship from a few different outlets. Yeah, because it's not going to be cheap. Well, yeah. which is harder and harder to come by. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I guess it's out there. I guess it's just you have to be the right person to get it. But, but having only three national races and one of them being U.S. Open, so there isn't two races essentially. Yeah. Um, you're kind of eliminating a whole pathway mm-hmm. for up and coming athletes mm-hmm. to go from the regional Fontana events, Eastern States Cup, to national mm-hmm. and then World Cup, and you're just taking out the whole yeah. middle run. Right. Well, you guys had seven. I remember you guys seven to eight races. Seven to eight races and you got a petition to be done as juniors because some they did the course suits with some of the younger juniors mm. and then the, the 17 18 year olds you get a petition to at least at each race there's like four well, that was other, at the world cups right but there's that's what i'm saying but going to the world cups that they picked them you had four to, to eight different riders each time oh, yeah you know yeah. i mean we had bruce and charlie and you got, but, but but it changed it up now you got three how many people fight for and how many spots do we have in the u.s in the world cup look Two or three, maybe four. Right. And how, the, so where does the talent come from? Yeah. And I think going back to the national level races, like when you have seven or eight races, you have four or five on the west, four or five on the, the east coast. That way, the riders that can't afford to go to the east coast or take the time can still show their talent can here. Can still, like, well, well, he's only passed on the west. Well, I still spent. 20 grand this year going to races. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though I only hit the west west side races, it's I traveled more than anyone in Europe. Right? Because, <laughs> you know, you went from here to Montana. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I don't know. They got to they gotta figure out something better because, like, Enduro has kind of taken its own thing, and it's pretty big in the U.S. I feel like it, it is... Separate. Yeah, it's separate, and it's allowed enduro racers to still be competitive at the at the World Cup level, Mm -hmm. essentially. Well, you look at you look at the big mountain enduro. Big mountain enduro is that's somebody that's completely separate from USC Cycling. Right. So they're able to bring in sponsorship. They're actually invested in it. Right. And they care about it. Right. And that's a kick-ass series. Right. Robert Robert Herbert just took that over. Yep. Awesome. Yep. You know that guy. But it's like. Those mountains are right there, and there's there hasn't been a downhill race, you know, in the Rocky Mountains in how long? Long time. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah. I figure this out. Yeah. There's good stuff out there. We have the mountains. 
but you know, I mean, no, because I mean, Sean Wader is awesome, and I mean, he took Windrock and him and Nico and started it, and you know, built a world class facility really for, for racing. But it's like that wasn't the best mountain to go build that at. And look at what, like, what, what, what they did. Yeah, you know, it's like we we have these other mountains that have the ability and capability. It's like I just don't get it, but. Maybe we need to. Maybe we need to go get our soapbox in Colorado Springs. <laughs> I'm like bugging my ears because every time Jay does one of the videos, I say, "What do you think?" And that's on the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think I, I'm just at the point though where it's like, I feel like you, like I don't want to just complain, like I want to be helpful if I can be helpful because I love this sport. Yeah, and I don't want to see it go away. I mean, I see. I see all the kids. I mean, we just came from a Fontana weekend, and it's like that E class. I mean, it was the biggest class. It's not what it used to be, but it's still the biggest class out there, which is the the Junior X class. You know, thirty eight mm-hmm. yesterday. Well, um, that's what we talked about. That's your small money. Your right. Small and it's like, wow. And where are they? Where, where are they going to take us? You know yeah. where? And I don't want to see those kids get lost to you know, let alone all of other life's other influences mm-hmm. but like they need to have a place to go in the sport well you guys look at writing as it's your guys as a right like totally. you, you, you guys are passionate and that's your out what if that's not there for them or you know just like like i said tomorrow's money but we used to just worry about wow when you guys turn 18 you're like kids to serve well junior program's over and then that one to two year awkwardness of going to the pro it's hard to follow your way through that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh. Now it's, where, where's the kids gonna go if there's not this to go to? You know what I mean? And it's, it's bigger issues than just, where are you gonna race and what level? It's, what mountain's gonna provide, what you need to provide to go be competitive. Yeah. And your dream of, you know, people wanna be the lowest in the area wins and, you know what I mean? Like, but like you said, they breed them right. They look at it as it's a real sport over there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I, I follow Lloyd. I love Lloyd. And here he is already doing races, right? You see the stuff going on. It's like, we have nothing. We have, you know, I mean, thank God Fontana's in our backyard. And there's been some really good horses. But not everyone has that in their backyard. So what do they do? You know? <laughs> nothing. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Snow, so. I mean, prop, and props to Scott, you know, for keeping the Northwest Cup going and, and actually growing it. Oh, exactly. they, there's a huge push even with his local riders. You know, the whole Northwest scene is like, it's good because um, I think a lot of the manufacturers in the bike industry see racing as dying, especially downhill racing. They're like, eh, I don't know if we're going to. So for those who have stayed with it, I think they're seeing a little resurgence. Because COVID was rough. Yeah. Like, let's let's be real. When the borders got shut and people couldn't go to Whistler, downhill bike sales went down even more, right? Mm-hmm. But And tears were shed. I mean, I see them on Joe and Jay. <laughs> but, you know, with, with that case, because people will spend the money to go there because it's freaking awesome. Like, yeah. You talk about a week vacation there, I mean, it's like, you don't get to ride anything like that ever. Right. Unless you go there. And so, um, you know, it's all this cycle of having to have the bike sales, having to have the manufacturers behind it, then it's like seeing the importance of the sport, but then that gets people in the racing. Mm-hmm. Because because I've been long enough in the sport to see the, dip. the, the dips and the you know peaks and valleys. Um, 
but I, I kind of see the resurgence in, in racing. Like, people want to go race. Like I, it's, there's a bunch of people that are ready yeah. to race. Yeah. And there's nowhere for them. Right. Where, where are we going to point them to? Well, look, I mean, you know, this weekend we're going to do out there this weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll find the Outlaw Tribe. I, yeah. I can't remember them. And you remember Tribe, but not Outlaw. So Outlaw Tribe. But look at, look at the two little girls that come up from San Diego. And they stay, they stay in a hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Money. yeah. Down 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 uh, yeah. It's so rad to see them. Chain line bikes. Yeah. 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 I love them, by the way. Um, but they come over and like, hi, Lauren. Like, their English has gotten so much better. Yeah. And we have the whole conversation. And they're telling me, you know, just stuff this weekend, how, they, how they're coming down in the big run. Like, the passion in their eyes of loving. And they crash. Like, they have a blast, right? Mm-hmm. And then go back to the... the just the, the passion of racing, like Marcel, who's on our team, I mean, he moved here from Ecuador to have more opportunities to race. And here we are talking about <laughs> opportunity, but he moved here for that opportunity. Yeah. You know, and it's like, man, I just wish that I had the avenues to, we're going down another path off. We're going to, we're going to, <laughs> We're gonna fix downhill racing in the U.S. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> One Christmas light at a time. <laughs> no, I've, I've got a good feeling about it. I feel like there's a decent-sized group of people that have reached the point to, we're like, yeah, maybe we'll put our heads together and try and I'm in. fix it. I mean, I'm more than willing to. Well, we're gonna to talk to to Scott. We're gonna to talk to Tyson, running the Outlaw Tribe, because he's bringing in a bunch of racers. Yeah, and yeah, I've Northwest Cuts. I know Clay. Clay's done a bunch of mm-hmm. work on his end, doing whatever he can. Yeah, he does great. Yeah. yeah, what happens is, though, at the end of the day, is like getting burned out, right? Like, it's like, because you get pushed back, because you have the mass wins, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in a good way. So, and yeah. at the same time, get on a bike, smile, and yep. enjoy the ride. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking ride. And fucking ride. Away. I dropped in behind Swalpo in practice yesterday. Did you start with them? No, I let him go. I watched him roll out. It was practice. We that was my that was my best chance. If I would have gone like all out, like over the top race run speed, I may have kept him in sight for like mm, two seconds, two two rock sections, maybe, maybe. We were talking about when we were at Mammoth after the practice, and then it was so light, and he's like, "I'm gonna go ride with the kids." Remember? And Palmer's like, "I'm not." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Palmer left, and Jay goes up and all you guys. You guys all come down like, Coach, okay? He's good. He's good. He's like, he's good. He's not there. And he's like, well, it's not good. Yeah, I'm good. I know my place. I'm good. I go with coach's speed. It's all good back here. You're pretty fast for a coach. It's all good back here. You hit the speed traps fast. If there's a speed trap, look out. When that, well, I don't have to wait anymore. He's having a weight going for me. True. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was that was fun. I remember that. Uh, was it Emily? Was it Emily there? Or was yeah, it Emily and Well, I, I was telling Mike Day, because all the pros had raced and, and juniors had raced, and I was going up for my run because it's, what, a five-minute chair up to the top at New Jersey, so it's like, yep. you go up ten minutes before your race run, you're good. It's yep. warm speed. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm down there and I'm going, all right, guys. You just wait for that speed trap. I, I threatened them, and they were just like, oh, you know, you whatever. I think we were, I, I don't remember what it was, but I think, I think it was the fastest. I think, yeah, Mike Day beat me for sure, because he's just a beast. Yeah. But uh, I think that I edged out all the juniors. Yeah, you did. The speed trap. Because they, they, I was getting texts, and called like, 
coach had the fastest speech. Yeah, yeah. It's not coach for the course time, but the speech the speech route. route. Speech route. He got last in his race. Boy, was he? He's back. <laughs> There's five seconds there. There is incredible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah. Good stuff. New Jersey, uh, bird hit you in the helmet. Yeah, we told the kids that too. They did. I'm like, remember those rocks? That we gotta find that video to show our team. I think that was last year, right? Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and the rocks. Right there. First of all, I don't know how you make it down those rocks, anyways, because that it's next scary. big jump. Yeah, and I can yeah. even walk down there. Like I was poking a tree, like. Falling on my butt the whole night there. And um, I'm like, much less trying to ride that moose so kids on those little 20 points. I'm mm-hmm. like, how do they do that? Like, the Jay's like, they're gumby. They're like, yeah, <laughs> rubber. So, rubber. And then uh, when, and I said, remember, and I was telling the kids this in the pit, like, just a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh my God, and then that's the rocks that the bird came and did. So, so right in the head. They're like, what? was he okay? <laughs> and Jay's like, yeah, and there's his racer, and the kids are like, I would have freaked out. They're like laughing. Like he's like, no, he like. Gotta keep it calm and cool. Well, I didn't even know it happened. Yeah, I saw the video. Yeah, Zach Harper got the video. And he was like, yeah, bird hit you. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he showed me. Sure enough, right, boom, saw that on it. Yeah, I think your post was like something like so focused that we didn't even know bird hit <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I don't know. I've been like, is he okay? Pulling over. I pulled over for a turtle. Remember how we done it. He was gonna get killed. Yeah, save him life. Sometimes they have a death wish. <laughs> he was right on the yellow, and the kids were like, "What are you going back for, Lola?" Who was it? So it was Bruce, Bruce and Jared. Bruce and Jared again. Twenty fifteen, if yeah. I remember. <laughs> Ridge Crest is probably like hundred twenty up. Oh, it's so hot, and then they're like, "They're like, do we take him to this side of the road or that side?" I said, "Well, he's facing that way. Maybe he wanted to go over there." And then right then, a lady took him. They're in danger. We're not keeping it, lady. We're trying to save the water. And they ran way on the, like, you know, the fence. It says it's not crowd shot. They went between that and went way over there and chopped it off. And Jared's like, we're driving. He's like, do you think the turtle made it back to the road because he didn't want to cross it? <laughs> it was so hot in the mail, I just get run over. <laughs> they stopped me from committing suicide with that. <laughs> it was funny. I was laughing. All right, so you're doing all the BMEs. Yeah, all the BMEs. Uh, couple, couple GNCCs on the e-bike. Yeah, that'll be exciting. That's new. And then uh, they did that a few years ago. I feel like they didn't they do a because I think Kyle Warner was doing some of those like early on. And, yeah, but they brought it back. Yep. Cool. And then uh, big national series, all three rounds. Yeah. <laughs> also be doing the US Open as well. Yeah, you know, one of those three. Yeah. <laughs> Doing any uh, NW cuts? Uh, yeah, I might be one or two. Yeah. Hopefully, make it up to Port Angeles. You like Port Angeles? I love it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places. Without the mud. Without the mud. It's not real muddy. It's called Dry Hill. Yeah. It's not real muddy. You know, around, around there, it's around. Like it's moving, muddy. moving around, but the race course isn't muddy. It's dry. Right. Oh, so the, the race course is muddy. So the the mud bike that you guys all had was just from. But it's not it's not that bad. It just like flings, but it's yeah. not muddy. Yeah, it's not. Can I show you pictures that we had a little dust? You on? get you get muddy, but it's not sketchy mud to race in. When I think oh, of mud, okay. I think of like Europe mud. Okay. Ooh, I think of Tennessee. Woo! Fair weather, right? I'm telling you, I'm scared, Walter. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have to. 
hold my hand for you can't see this year. No, it won't be too bad. Because it's looking like rain the whole time. As long as there's snow. I think I'd rather have snow than the mud there. No, but I think because you're a lot lighter now. Like, it was, you were tired. I, although, I was, I went breakdancing on my back. I was doing helicopter spins down the hill. So did I. Though. You got my bike. <laughs> and my bike was missing the seat. The kid, oh, I remember that. <laughs> the kid told him he sucked. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, but 
I remember being at the bootleg. I think Salt was like 14. And I come down from my race run, and I think I still beat you. I think. I think I was like, in bootleg, you know how the time time gaps are big there. Yeah. Along the course. And I remember looking at him. He's like, four seconds behind me, 14. Dang it. Next race, yeah, he was faster than me. But it doesn't last long with me anymore. But I just remember getting junior. The first one on the trip. Oh, gosh. Oh, you just said that about Adrian. Yeah, okay. Adrian this last race. Adrian's, what, 14? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four seconds down. He was three seconds off of me this race. is his second expert race. So next year, he's smoking you. Oh, it's next race. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, at this point, it's like, it's not the next year. It's the next race. Talking mm-hmm. about a kid who can mentally, like, I mean, he had full broken kids in his last CR. Yeah, when he was in the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. Broken his broken kid. Perfect kid. And he, um, and now his name is Slavery, so get that straight, okay? <laughs> and then at Big Bear, he practiced pelvis. And then the kid comes back, and Jay's like, I don't want to follow behind him anymore because he crashes hard in front of me. He's like, and then here, three seconds behind him. And Jay's like, I, I'm going to take out. Like, it was good. I had a good race from yesterday. For an old guy, I had a good race, race run. It's not. That guy, remember? Oh, monster, the veteran, the monster, the monster vets. Mm. Monster vets. <laughs> monster vet program that Jay taking in that fifty to fifty nine class at Fontana. But yeah, that's how we just talked about that. I'll be false hopes. It's kind of fruition. But yeah, that's how when you're in juniors, that's your goal. Yeah, obviously you want to be the fastest junior, but then like once you become the fastest junior. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, now I'll look at the pro time. Right. And I want to beat the pro time. Right. And then if you're the fastest pro, the fastest junior is usually not that far behind you. Right. It seems like juniors always have times that are like yeah. top five with pro. What's cool, I think, like when I brought up Nate, because the junior class, a lot of times you see a little bit sporadic times. Like you see a kid have a really good race and then the next one blows up a wheel or crashes yeah. or whatever. But Nate's like consistent. consistent. He's yeah. super consistent. So it's yeah. like, and that's what I always try to teach kids. Like, show me what you got. Race in and race out. I don't want to see what you can do at this race. Show me for the years what you got. You know. But in order to do that, you got to be healthy. You got to be smart. You got to you know save your equipment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dig it. I don't know. I still think you would. If you didn't have all the other like stuff going on. I think if you would have been able to then Jade to train, I mean, Jay and I one year were like, how can we get you paid for a year to just ride your bike to see where you would compete? Oh my gosh. Because, yeah, he's going. No, but the World Cup level, like, you know, like, okay, that's, but if, if all that was taking care of you, you show up there, you, you know, you get a ride seven days a week, you get, that's, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, it's tens of thousands of dollars before you even get there. If you didn't have to worry about that, you fly in, you just have to worry about what you're going to eat, right? You go race, because your dedication, and that's why you're still in it, your dedication and your mindset. Then, it was like you said, like, you wanted to beat that pro time, and you were there. You were beating mm-hmm. those times. And because we used to see, oh, you got junior, that's when we made it up, right? Don't get junior. And, you know, now I'm seeing you, you let the junior, juniors beat juniors. <laughs> the juniors are not. <laughs> You know, and the, now the juniors are the pros. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, then Cole's like, I got juniors. Kids, like, kids you know. grow up. Dante, yeah. Dante and Austin. 
They're killing it. Well, that's how it goes. Dude. Right. They're going to be killing it, but they'll get junior. They're going to get junior, right? That's just how it goes. Nate, Nate's going to be on their heels. and yeah. yeah. Well, because you do that next chase, and then you pass that chase. It's always that next thing, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's, I love seeing it. And I love it. I do too. I mean, it's weird seeing you guys at like Bruce Wiener Marine now, and Jared's going to be a daddy. And, you know, you're like actually got a, a real job, not, not that your other stuff wasn't, but actually answer to somebody. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, you really don't go into work every 21 days you need to, but, um, but the thing is, is you're being responsible. And, you know, I don't know, Jared, sorry, because you're an adult, but I and texted knows, you. He knows he's listening to this. Yeah, you be the, you be the daddy. Ooh, okay. You got this, J-Rod. J-Rod, you got it. Do everything your mom told you to do that you never listened to. You're going to run the I know, the bed thing still did me <laughs> He's going to, don't make the crib, honey. It's okay. He's going to be back in in yeah. two hours. <laughs> but it's just seeing all you guys grow up is just class. Like, and being responsible and not menace to societies. And, and, I, and I know Bob still only had part of that. Like, because mm-hmm. he kept you out. I mean, kept you out of trouble. Kept him grounded. Yeah. But he got into some trouble. Like, it might have been the CRA. And other countries, usually. <laughs> yeah. With Sean Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's like you know you have a podcast and you think okay I can speak the truth and then you're like oh you can't talk about that anymore you can't say this. I've heard certain things, but I think it'd be great to have a podcast like 20 years from now. Oh yeah. Where you can just spew whatever. Well, that's what EC and Mike are doing now, right? Like um, yeah, the, 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 the two yeah. Dogs, they can say this stuff now. They're so, at that age where it doesn't matter. <laughs> so um, you know all the intense people like Mike Detmer. Um, the Oreo, mm-hmm. Sam. I just went to um, Mike Detmer's 40th birthday, and we we're standing there. And of course, Sarah from Intense is there. She's like, Wait a minute, what are you doing here? I'm like, And they're like, this, She's the OG posse with us, right? Like, and so it's so funny because they're like, Some of the stuff they said, I'm like, Remember this? And then Detmer, of course, like, Don't piss Lala off like she's in Mount St. Anne or in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this kind of, we just started laughing because we all know the story, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, Mike's you might like, get left there. This is true. Sorry, not sorry. But you know, I don't know if I'll ever say I'm taking the van and driving it back myself. Yeah, she she instantly regretted that. But well, I did it not instantly. Yeah, it's about six hours later. Yeah. <laughs> With the frogs were playing froggers, lights of the and getting ran over, and the rain drops were bigger than. What comes out of your faucet at home and the trailer lights go up. And you're just trying to go up, just let somebody see the trailer be able to see it open it. That's just a normal cross country road yeah. trip. Yeah, it's the standard. If that's the least of the problems, that's a good road trip. <laughs> Dude, I remember seeing all these things, and I'm like, what are these white spots? And I'm running over them, and you can kind of throw them under the tires. Mm-hmm. Then I seen one hopping. Oh, and that's when that lake runs through the center of the freeways through there, and between the toll roads and all that. And I was like, they're frogs. I'm killing frogs. Like for a minute there, I'm like, God, I'm sorry, I'm killing your animals. But you brought the road. They're not playing frog or well. They're not winning. No, it was like five miles, but yeah. just frogs. Yeah. And they're running, like, and then we went to the, I remember getting gas. You know, it was two stuck to the grill of one of the big snowballs. Do you put those off? He's like, no, they'll fall off. They're like, they're like fresh and stuck. I'm like, <laughs> the lightning one was still breathing. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, fun stuff, but I just, 
it, it, you go and you even see them and you know Mike Mike has a boat company. <laughs> I know, I'm talking about I know, we're far off. I know, I gotta tell you, no, that, talking about his racing. I'm talking about this growing <laughs> up. You have Mike, who's in the bike industry, now in the boat industry. You know, you have uh, Jake, who is there, who's like, owns a gym. Like, you just, and they all have kids. Mm-hmm. Mike's like, no, we have wives. <laughs> that's what they call Andrew's like, they all have wives. Like, that's, that's just how it goes. Thank you, John, now, for taking care of the with kids, but. She's like, we're getting in trouble. We have to leave it up to Mike. <laughs> right? But anyway, so you guys growing up. No kids for you in the short future, okay? No. No. <laughs> no. He's shaking his head. No. Definitely not. <laughs> but anyway, right. his racing. E-biking. Oh. B&E's. E-biking, B&E's. That's what I was thinking. Sorry, here's my all attention. E-bike. We can just, we can always clip that part out. <laughs> no. Sea otter. Oh yeah, we, him and J Rod show up. They're, oh my god, Lala. a race e-bike race. Lala J, we signed up to do the e-bike. I mean, I I think he was just short of having his flip flops on. I think it was Hawaiian shirt. I was super casual and like. Well, you didn't take it serious. No, I was just a t-shirt, no knee pads. What year was that? Was 2018. That was 2019. 2019. The the year before. So and it was the e-bike class got real. Yeah, I'm on the starting line. Jared's next to me in his Hawaiian shirt. Juan Josh is with me. And then I look at Were you guys on your bikes or were they even like somebody? You guys had borrowed bikes, didn't you? Yeah, I borrowed a bike. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Sunglasses? Yeah, sunglasses, whatever. And I like looked up, like two rows up, there's like Nino Scherter and like Red Red Bull helmet. Yeah, and I'm like, what the Olympic? Am I in the right, like, e bike race? And we go off the line and Half the class dies within the first five seconds. Big pile up. Jared hit the ground. Andras like concussed himself, broke his helmet. And then we went into the sand. I wadded, and it was like I think the race itself was an hour and four minutes of just just pin pin over the assist level of e bike. Yeah, yeah, it was not cool. I know better. I know. I'm an idiot. 
I love it. I love the pain. I love the challenge. Just like you'll still show up in, in, in your button up book bag and shirt and go to an e bike class. Heck yeah. 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 I think that was the first time they had an e bike thing. That's what I think. I think it was like the no. first year it was in like an advertising. Like it was a big thing. Yeah. It was, it was a, a real thing. But no one writes the word racism and not like Grand Fondo e bike. <laughs> well, before that, so it was like, before that they had some e bike events. But it was almost like back in the day when it was Super D at the at the Nationals. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like the Circus yeah. Sideshow. Except for Buckle. Right. But now it's like, but now Enduro became a thing. Like yeah. Enduro came out of that and it's a real thing. It's so it's except for Buckle. I know. I know. <laughs> Hello, Lily. Yeah. Oh, dude, Buckle showed up uh, in San Diego State to do a, almost like a little hunting, but it was, it was a whatever, whatever that thing was called. I forget what it was called. It was a. Benelli. Yeah, Benelli. Like, Thir- Thursday night race. Like six of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So he'd leave work at 5 o'clock, 5.15, pedal over to Benelli. Warm up. Yeah. Literally one time he got there right when his classes came out of the gate. His head was like, go. He goes, this guy. He's not, what was he riding? 1974. He's, he's riding a Shogun. Yeah, Dude, Shogun. It was a, this bike was, <laughs> it was special. <laughs> so, he shows some guy. He literally pedaled up, he left working left time to pedal up, take off, act like with two minutes to spare, race, and the guy comes at the end and goes, I don't know who you are, you just show up and better. The next race goes, I Googled you! And your buckle's just sitting there like, uh-huh. like okay. You Googled me? Okay. okay. Whatever. Yeah. I don't care. What did you find out? Did I like to ride on a bike? <laughs> Pretty fun. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. And Papa Buckle out there, eight years old, racing Fontana, doing his uh, cross country hunt. Yeah. Cargo shorts and, a, and a, he shows up to that's a, he shows up in his Hawaiian shirt. I mean, I think it'd be in football, so he'd be good too. Yeah. So that's you looking at a you were again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. What else do you have for Swalto? Any any comments? Hmm. No, we know we love Tennessee. It. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, see you there. Yeah, we'll show another episode. You might not notice that he's flying in his factory. I'm flying in too. We're gonna... Oh, I might not notice. Right. We might, we might share a limo. In the U-Haul. We might share a limo. <laughs> share a van. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are uh, you riding a van right there? Yeah, I'm not old enough for a van first. So, so you get anyway, the any of you guys don't know, he would run a U-Haul. You only have to be 16. You just have to have a driver's license. And so we always laughed that him and whoever was traveling with would get a U-Haul. I'm like, how'd you just get, I mean, it's smart, but yeah. how'd you? If you're, if you're underage and you're traveling, that's the only way you can get yeah. out of car. But I started doing it because you get a U-Haul cargo van and it's like spacious. It's spacious. You can throw a money bike in the back. And it's cheaper than, than yeah, it ends up to be about the same depending on your mileage. For a normal week, it's like, Four hundred to four sixty. Yeah, depends on your mileage. Full insurance though, so you could roll it. You just have to bring a key back. <laughs> Something to think about. Side note. <laughs> and they're always brand new. They usually have like a thousand miles on them. Yeah. I remember the one in New Jersey. And you guys rolled up in the parking lot uh, to make sure we got everything loaded. And pull backs rocking. Oh, yeah, the box truck. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, had, you had a few passengers in there. <laughs> See, you get a box truck with like 10 guys. It's yeah. cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody fits. Yeah. Shuttle truck. Yeah, but you can't drive on the highway like that. You can. 
We were on the highway to get to you that day. <laughs> you can. It's like when they say you can't text and drive. You can watch. <laughs> no, we do not condone text and drive. No, we don't. <laughs> but, but you can you do can. it. <laughs> but you can do it. <laughs> oh, big goodness. Life lessons from salt of one day. <laughs> and that's going to be the next just thing. Coach, coach and Coach and Swalter's life lessons, you know, can just do one liners and put them up. So there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll do. I think we need to have Swalter on like once a month also. I agree. Just a. I agree. Like A-Ray. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make our rounds. Let's be professional podcaster. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I love you, A-Ray. I don't mean it. <laughs> but he does. But we love you. I mean, yeah. You know, <laughs> Hey, like I just told him, if you're wanted and you have stories, then it's good, you know? I mean, I know there's tons of stories that you two still haven't told, and just because of all the years of doing this, so for those who are listeners, just got to be entertained anyway. The calzones in uh, New Jersey are amazing. And the mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to Mountain Creek this year just for that. Is that that big, big thing? Oh my gosh, it's so good. The whole whole pizza place? Yeah, Yeah, you guys ordered like a whole big pizza and your guys' plate. (laughs) The tables are only this big. Yeah. And (laughs) the food didn't even. It was (laughs) BYLD. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, pretty tricky and all those, how things are, but it's cool. I mean, and those experiences made us who we are today, right? Oh, we learned from them. And you can't wait to share with the next generation. I should always get to see Zach Paul from these over there. Yeah, that's the one race that he always goes to. Yeah. shows up. I got in my, so one of my emails, the only email I have left in there, like all the stuff I've killed, is that folder. It's more on intense. The green and yellow lights. Yeah. And Killington. He, he, he sent us the, the files. And it's all on there. And it's Emily and Jerry. Like, it, it's so funny because, like, it's Emily, like. Emily kicking, uh, kicking what's his name out of the pits. Oh, that wasn't in New that Jersey. Was that was that was New Mexico. No, I remember. Took his bike and put it out. He's like, "Where's my bike?" She's like, "This thing says I'm." And Stephen's standing there. Yeah. Hey, they got pits. I'm got dry. It. We're good. Yeah. Under the got to earn your place. Right, but Swalto's bike was under there. Yeah, that's what I mean. You got to earn your place. Because he laid it down right respect. where everybody was trying to go. All about respect. I know. We weren't even supposed to be up that high. I remember they're like, oh, it's Lala, let her go where she yep. wants. Yep. Yeah. You're like, how'd you get the good fit? <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if we'll be in New Jersey this year. It's a lot of money. Well, uh, two races. Monster bet might plus be started up by that. We there get that go. vet thing going. Coach <laughs> might make a show. Get bring the semi out. Yeah. <laughs> Speed trap and, and calzones. Well, you're going to need to bring Coach out. And he can hang with you. No, they'll fly out. Well, that's what I'm saying. You guys get the new ball. The pits will already be set up. Be propped up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On that note, thank you for watching and listening. Yeah. Thanks, Stephen, for making time for us. I, You know, you're our heart, so we totally love you. And um, thanks to all of our sponsors that help us both on the TKO program, Huck and Ride. We do this because it is shooting from the hip. There's no lines. There's... Obviously, we'll get some of the tangents to go down. Yeah, we love it. Sorry if we hurt anybody's feelings, but sorry, not sorry. No. And, <laughs> and this is what you get. And if you ever want to see someone on the thing, shoot us a thing. Let me just go uh, along with my thoughts. Oh. Um, everybody get on, but no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you do, no matter what trail life takes you down, keep, 
Keep the rubber side down. You've been listening to the Huck and Ride Podcast presented by Kenda Tyler. 